I default to kind of the thought leader in this space, Amy Edmondson, you know, she defines psychological safety as, you know, the belief that someone can speak up without fear or risk of punishment or humiliation. And so there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but to your point earlier, just that the, the safety piece of being able to speak what's on your mind, having the opportunity to speak what's on your mind. Um, sometimes that's challenging in a remote world, especially, you know, being on Zoom in meetings all of the time. If you're someone that is not naturally extroverted or comfortable, um, it really is important to create that space yeah. and be sure that everybody has a voice. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. We are entering into the Mental Health Awareness Month. And of course, one of the things that I would love to see happening in the world is that, first of all, Mental Health Awareness Month because becomes Mental Health Awareness Year every day of the year. And more importantly, that we move on from just creating awareness about this very, very sensitive and important and critical topic to talk about in the workplace and in general in the world. Uh, and we turn it from just awareness to action, mental health, action month and action year. And this has become so important today. Number one, because we had mental health problems in the workplace before the pandemic. But all of those challenges that we were dealing with were amplified by the lockdowns, by isolation, by you know, all the things that were happening during uh, and have been happening during the pandemic. So this topic continues to be very important. And when we talk about mental health and when we talk about wellness and well-being in the workplace, we talk about a lot of things. And one of them is psychological safety, especially to give people the opportunity, the freedom to come forward and say uh, what they need to say, what they need, what they want, what they are going through, and get the support of the organization if that's what they need. And today we're going to be talking about psychological safety with somebody who, number one, cares very much about this. It's not just the nature of the work uh, and the nature of the person she is, but it's the work she actually does today and that she's been doing for a long time, leading people, leading organizations, leading all aspects of human experience and employee experience, somebody who takes a first, uh, a people first approach in all the work she does in HR and caring very much about mental health, about wellness and well-being, and especially about psychological safety. So Jill, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Enrique. Thanks so much for having me. I am fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. To talk about this one topic of psychological safety, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about, about many more, but to me, uh, there, there can't be an organization that is diverse, inclusive, equitable, where equity exists in the organization, where people have this feeling of belonging, if there is no psychological safety. So all of them go hand in hand. So maybe let's start here. When we talk about psychological safety, what is it that we're talking about? What, how can we define psychological safety? That's a, that's a great question. There is a lot out there. And I think 
I don't know if it's that collective conscience or not, but because we were planning this podcast and we've been, we just wrapped up a series um, on psychological safety internally at Headspace Health for our own employees. Um, It's top of mind. So I think because of that, I'm seeing a lot of it. um, And I'm glad to see that. I hope it's catching on um, in LinkedIn, in the world of, you know, people operations and just workplaces in general. Um, And if I default to kind of the thought leader in this space, Amy Edmondson, you know, she defines psychological safety as, you know, the belief that someone can speak up without fear or risk of punishment or humiliation. And so there's a lot to unpack there. Um, But to your point earlier, just that the, the safety piece of being able to speak what's on your mind, having the opportunity to speak what's on your mind. Um, Sometimes that's challenging in a remote world, especially, you know, being on Zoom in meetings all of the time. If you're someone that is not naturally extroverted or comfortable, you know, interrupting, um, we use the raise hand feature, but, you know, sometimes people talk through that or don't see see the hand. Um, It really is important to create that space. Yeah. and be sure that everybody has a voice. Let me ask you this, Jill. Psychological safety speaking up without fear. To speak up without fear, those that are up somewhere in the organization have to have something to allow this to happen, whether it is the role modeling of some behaviors, whether it is the way they react to what they hear, whether they like it or not. What do you think leaders need to do to build a culture of psychological safety? That is a great question. Um, There's nothing better than actionable takeaways, right? And okay, we need that actionable. We need a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, conceptually, it's great to talk about. And I love this question because I think there's a few things that are really easy that leaders can do and that individuals can do. This is not just the responsibility of managers or senior leaders. This is everyone's responsibility and everyone can work to cultivate that culture of psychological safety. So I would say first and foremost, um, create space. So within team meetings, if your manager isn't already doing this, ask to create time for check-ins. Work check-ins will happen naturally, but, but you know, mindful check-ins, how are you today? Even if it's just a rating scale, just give me a one to 10. How are you feeling today? You don't have to explain, just, you know, just create space for someone to be able to share where they are. And if they're comfortable, they can certainly share the why behind that. Um, ensure that all voices are being heard. So when you're doing those check-ins, make sure you have enough time and make sure that everyone has an opportunity to check in and also create a space for people to say, I'd like to pass, that's okay too. You don't have to share if you're not comfortable. Um, Those easy actionable items in regular meetings can really be a game changer and giving people the opportunity not to share is also important. Yeah. I want to dig a little deeper into this question, another layer, and I think this layer layer will go very deep. Even if leaders do this, if they create the space, you can tell when somebody's doing so genuinely and when somebody's not. 
And there are leaders who really are totally okay with hearing things that they don't want to hear, but they just open the opportunity to hear. So for those leaders who internally are fearful of what they may hear, of how that may challenge their own authority or leadership position, or even they fear the influence that others may be gaining by speaking up in one way or another, for those leaders, very internally, how would you challenge them to say, I got to change, I got to do this genuinely, meaning I got to be okay with it, right? Mm -hmm. How would you challenge them to embrace this idea of truly building psychological safety in a genuine manner? That's a great question. I love that. I think you're right. There are some people who might say, but what if I hear something that I'm not happy about? What if someone feels safe enough to say, um, I really don't think you're doing a great job leading us on this, right? Um, Which is hard to say, even harder to hear sometimes. Um, A couple of things come to mind. I think number one, leaders need to think about what their responsibility is at the core. And that is to listen and to help grow others on the team. And essentially, some people are anxious about that. But if you have a true leader, what you're trying to do is teach someone to grow enough that they can be in your position, right? That to me is a measure of success. If the team can grow enough to essentially take over, I've done what I need to do. But that is sometimes stressful and causes anxiety for some leaders. So I would say start with being comfortable sharing your own failures. Make failure a part of success. And so we did something very recently and it's brand new. So I can't give you a lot of data on it yet. (laughs) A lot of teams create time for kudos, right? Or celebrations. What's something that you're proud of? Where, who should we give kudos to across the team? Um, We started implementing, let's celebrate our failures, which sounds completely crazy, right? You know, it's failures plus learnings because every time you fail, you learn. So hearing from a leader, this, I failed on this, or I missed the mark on this. And this is what I learned from it makes it a lot more comfortable for people to share and also to see, Hey, that person is not perfect. They are not holding this expectation where I have to be perfect. And I would really challenge leaders to be open to feedback. Yeah. You know, and hearing that they might have missed the mark on something. That, that is fantastic. And, and in fact, it's making me think about a story that I have repeated it several times. At the very beginning of the pandemic, when we went all into remote work, there was this CEO who, you know, he has three, three children. And the only place in the house where he was able to connect to something with some level of privacy was from the bathroom. And he was using, uh, he said, so uh, he was using a virtual background so that people didn't know that he was in the bathroom. So the CHRO told him, no, you show yourself in the bathroom because when you do so, other people who have perhaps less authority than you and see you struggling with stuff at home the same way they are, they will be for, feel more, uh, they will feel more encouraged and empowered to say, I'm going through the same thing. And if my CEO is saying it, so it's going to be okay for me to say it as well. So that level of, uh, of understanding that leaders, even when they have those titles and positions, they are, they don't have it all figured out. They still have their own struggles. That's, that's building a very human 
sort of experience for, for everybody in the team, including, uh, including the leader. I love that story. There are probably so many people that are in the same position. I have had Zoom calls with people who are in the car who said, my kids are having a meltdown. I'm in the car just to take this call. And so I think most people can empathize with that, right? And then go, it's okay. It's okay to, you know, this is part of life. This is part of our world right now. I'll piggyback on that as well to say um, that if I zoom out, it's the same thing we've been talking about with reducing the stigma, right? Reducing the stigma of remote challenges, reducing the stigma of mental health challenges. And so, you know, what we found is um, Headspace Health, each year we conduct um, what's called a workforce attitude study. And so we listen to a number of different companies and CEOs, and we, we measure a lot of different, um, you know, responses in the workplace to mental health. And our report for this year is actually gonna drop in a few weeks. It'll be posted on our website, but what I found, I got a sneak peek at some of the uh, preliminary results. And what was really interesting to me was, it won't be a surprise about this first step, which was we still have mental health concerns. People are still really struggling. Um, But there was an uptick in the number of CEOs who reported struggling with mental health and even missing days at work because of that. And so we're doing good work reducing that stigma, I think, and having those conversations because CEOs felt comfortable sharing that. And I think the more we can model that, the more that we can show up and say, I'm not feeling great today. I'm, I'm here, I'm present, but just know this is kind of happening in my life really gives people a sense of, I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially given the fact that we, uh, we we have the wrong perception or the wrong assumption that leaders, because they are leaders, they get it all figured out or they don't suffer from, from problems that we may suffer, uh, those of us who don't have their titles and their positions. So, so I think this equalizing or normalizing of, you know, we're all having some sort of a struggles, uh, mm-hmm. even if they are different, I think just it's very important. Uh, Jill, as we get closer to wrapping up our conversation, I want to ask you one last question, tying it back to the idea of building uh, an organization where psychological safety is uh, is built in, you know, where, where people feel safe to speak up. If there was one or two things that HR leaders, HR practitioners can do to build that kind of organization, what would that thing be? Or what would those uh, things uh, be? Good question. I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind um, is that that modeling of the behavior and talking about it. What does psychological safety mean? It sounds like this, you know, ooh, that sounds scary. I don't know what that is. Safety, what does that mean? Physical safety, mental safety. So defining what is that? What does it look like? How does it show up every day? How can I work to build that individually? How can I work to build that within my team? Um, Encouraging those conversations, encouraging people sharing their failures, encouraging people to speak up. True psychological safety is not necessarily number one, being able to speak up, it's that second piece that's so key, which is my team has my back. I'm going to challenge this thought or conversation or project 
you know, and I'm probably not going to have a popular opinion, but I'm going to do that. And I'm going to feel safe doing that. But if there's true psychological safety, I know my team has my back. And so when people do speak up, you know, saying, great, I'm glad you said that. Let's dig into that. Let's talk about that. You know, otherwise we go down the path of this project that not everyone is on board with and things will fall apart and we don't know why. And so if we create that culture of check-ins along the way, making sure that people can speak up, encouraging people to speak up and modeling that behavior, those pieces along the way will build the psychologically safe culture. Absolutely. You're you're making me think about a concept that is called the Abilene paradox. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's when people uh, agree on something and because they don't communicate with each other on what they agree on, they end up doing the opposite of that something (laughs) that they had agreed on in the first place. And it's exactly what you're saying. You know, people saying, you know, this thinking this project may not be the right one, but I don't want to be the one speaking up because what if I am the, you know, the black sheep in this, uh, in this group of people that uh, all seem to agree with the decision and maybe they don't even do so. It's just, they are not safe enough. They don't feel safe enough to come forward and, mm-hmm. and, and express their opinions. So Jill, thank you so much for spending this time with me, sharing all these awesome insights about psychological safety. I truly appreciate you being here with me in the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. I could talk about this all day long. I look forward to more to come from Hacking HR during Mental Health Awareness Month. And thank you again, Enrique. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I was going to say, stay tuned for the next episode of the Psychological Safety Podcast. Maybe that's (laughs) what we have to call it. We can do that too. We can do that too, yeah. Yeah. stay, Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.